you are doing well. Tonight we're going to be learning Maseches Moikat and Daf Yud. Emir Tashem will learn a, a quick block tonight. We're going to be starting at the very top of Yud Aleph and going about six, seven, eight lines from the bottom of the page. And then we'll pick up again in your session tomorrow with yet another daf. Our mission had said that on Cholamoid, one is allowed to, uh, to do some types of stitching. So let's discuss what is intended by that. The Mishnah writes, Hahedyo tofer kedarko. If you have someone who's a hedyot, they're a simple person. They're not really trained. They don't really know what they're doing. So then they can just stitch like a normal person. They're no problem. They can just stitch as whatever their level of skill is, they can they can stitch. How do we do that? Hechidami hedyot. So what's the definition of a hedyot? Amri de Beraviana kolshenu yacholahotzi melomachad bevasachas that are not able to pull off a, a little uh, trick. Basically, what they do is they'd fold uh, a garment over many times over and stick one needle through all of them. And then when they pull them out, the stitches would come out perfectly aligned. So that's that's a, that's a chachma. That's the skill. That's the minimum threshold. That would be the final exam to make you from a head yod into an umar. So that's the sheet uh, uh, that the uh, that the Brisa says the name of Rav Yana. Not the Brisa, but they say in the name of Rav Yana. Rav Yosef, Rav Chanino, Amar Kol Sheni Yochel Chavin Imra BeChefas Chalukov. You can't make a straight hem at the bottom of the pants, and uh, that's the line of the sand. So different lines of the sand. Everybody else who's an expert, so they're limited, and they have to do something a little different. What do they do? So the Gemara says, quoting the Mishnah, Uman Machlev. So Uman should do something that's Machlev. Machlev from the word Kelev. So there's two different things about a Kelev, two Machlokes at least about two versions of what a kelev might be comparable to as it relates to stitching. How could a dog be related to stitching? Let's see. My machlev, Rav Yochanan Omar, mafsiya, that they should be spaced out. The stitching has to be spaced out in a way like dog's teeth are spaced out. That's what Rashi says. And Rabbi Bar Shmuel Amashine Kalbasa has to be like the teeth of dogs, but in a different way, not in its spacing, but in the fact that they're jagged, that some are shorter, some are longer. Uh, so he has to make the stitches jagged. Says the Gemara, this will carry us for uh, until the Mishnah. The, our Mishnah, it said, Misarganes Hamitos. We don't know what Misarganes Hamitos is, so we have to spend some time discussing it right now. So let's see what Misargan is. My Misarganu, my Mematchen. Our Mishnah had said that there were two different categories of uh, dealing with beds. One is Misargan and one is Mematchen. So here's approach number one. We'll soon see that this won't work, but uh, here's approach number one. Kiyas of Rubdimi, Omar, Pligi bar Rubchia bar Abba, bar Abba There's a Machlokas from Eretz Yisrael. He came from Eretz Yisrael to Babel. And he said there's a machlokas between two Amoraim, Vitar Vaihu, of Rabbi Yochanan. Each of them were speaking on behalf of others because they didn't really know. Uh, they were learning, they were just quoting. So then the Gemara says whether well, Shitas are Chad, Amar one says, Mesargin is Shasi Erev, Umemaschen is Shasi below Erev. Mesargin is Shasi Erev. Uh, Shasi Erev in general means when you have one thing going this way, and then you have another thing going this way. So it's crisscross. It's x-axis and y-axis. It looks like a oversized tic-tac-toe board. What are we talking about here? We're talking about their beds. So under our beds, typically, we either have a box spring or we have these pieces of wood slats that support the mattress. They didn't have that. So what they did is they would take a rope, they tied on the end of a bed post, and then they'd run the rope back and forth over the bed frame uh, in one direction. And then when, we, when they were done, they'd go the length of the bed back and forth. So Shashi Ve'erev is going right to left and back to front, the length, the width of the bed, as well as the length of the bed. So when you're done, it looks like a grid of many boxes. That would be the, that is what the Mishnah writes. That's what the Gemara writes is Mesargin. That's sheet number one. But the other sheet is that Mimaschen, the other word I should say, Mimaschen, to stretch, it means, um, says the Gemara, that... Um, that mimaschen is 
chassis below arb. It's only in one direction, but it's not two. So it, it makes lines when they're tightening the bed, when they're making the ropes, but it doesn't make boxes, only one direction. So that's uh, one of the shitas. Some say no, misargin is a lesser level. We had uh, the initial shita said that misargin was crisscrossed, and here misargin is shesi below erev. That's uh, only one direction. Mamaschin isn't this at all. Mamaschin means something else. It means what we thought it meant, which is to tighten. That if the if the straps start to sag a little bit on the bed, so you can take one of the ropes and pull it really tight, and then all of the other ones will tighten because of that. That's the that's what the sheetas are. So that's the machlokas between these two. Well, again, one says Masargan is Shasiv Arab, the other says it's only Shasi and not Arab. One says Mamaskan is Shasiv Arab, and the other says that it's neither, it's just pulling. It says the Gemara, how can that be quarter of the way down? Any is that true? It's uh, the Gemara says that in regards to this machlokas, that everyone agrees that you're not allowed to be mafshilin. You can't take the thinner strands of rope, the threads, and turn them into a rope. That you're not allowed to do. You're not allowed to do that lechatchila. So this is going to generate a question for us. I understand the shita that says that that uh, that we're allowed to be misargin, that we're allowed to make a bed shesiv erev. You can make the crisscrossing of the ropes, which will go under the mattress. And mamaschin means that you can do shesiv uh, below erev. And that means that you're allowed to do one direction. And that then explains as to how it could be that everyone would agree that you're not allowed to make ropes. But to say that you're not allowed to make ropes doesn't work according to the second opinion. According to the one who says that misargin is shesi below Arab, that it's only one direction, and mimaschin is shim that you can tighten it. So says the Gemara Hashti Hashta now that you hold that Shesiv Arab Amrislo, that you're not allowed to do Shesiv Arab, Khavalan Khathila Mibaya, all the more so that one is not allowed to do Khabalan Khathila, you're not allowed to make ropes. And if that's true, we don't understand that second shita. So says the Gemara Kasha, that's a very good question, and the Gemara doesn't present an answer. And here is another question that's posed. That second shita that we learned which anyways is difficult. Is there also such a shita bichlam that we would say that there's such a thing as shasi below Arab? How can that be? After all, Rav Meir Omer, that Hamita, that in order for a bed to become subject to Tuma, it has to be there have to be three squares that are made by, uh, by the ropes. What does that teach you about making ropes? Is that it's always with boxes, which means that it's shasi ve'erev and not shasi below Arab. It's not, it's never going to be one direction. It's always going to be two directions. So how can you say that there's such a thing as chassis below Arab as it, as it relates to tying beds. It's not correct. Ella says the Gemara, you're right halfway down on Yudam and Aleph. It has to be different. Everyone agrees that when our Mishnah says Misargin, that it's talking about chassis, the Arab is talking about, about both. Nobody, nobody argues about that. Their only argument is in regards to what Mimaschen means only one direction of making the bed with the ropes under the mattress. And the other sheet that says that it has nothing to do with tying the ropes, it has to do simply with tightening the ropes. Mesve asks the Gemara, hang on one second. We have a Brisa that says that you're Misargana Samita. Rabmeir was of the opinion that you're allowed to be Misargan and you're all the more so allowed to be Mamaschen, which was much less of a Tirchan Cholamoy. But the Yossi Omer Mamaschen of Alom Misargan, he says you're, you are allowed to do stretching. 
you can pull the rope tight, but you're not allowed to do misargin. And according to some, and some say, no, you're not allowed to do it at all. In the name of Rabbi Yossi, that you're not allowed to do the memaskin the, the at all. You can't even tighten the ropes. So it says the Gemara, this only works according to one of the opinions that we saw. I understand the shita that says that memaskin means that there's one direction of ropes and not two. This is how you could have a yesh omrim that would say that, no, you're not allowed to do this at all. But according to the one who says that if it's loose, you're allowed to tighten it, the yesh omrim memascho namilo, that uh, the Yesh Omrim seems to be saying the same exact thing as the primary shita. So how then can you have an answer? Says the more in, we are able to answer this. There is a shita that says that you're not allowed to tighten it. And instead, what you need to do is where the ropes are sagging, you put clothes. If the ropes are sagging like this, you take some clothes and layer it on top to make the mattress lay more flat. And that brings us to the next Mishnah, three-fourths of the way down on Yudam and Aleph. Let's continue. We are allowed on Cholamoid, Mamid, and Toner, Vikirayim, Verechayim, Vemoid. You're allowed to bring an oven and a stove, and a Rechayim is a, a grind, a, mil, uh, a grind or a millstone, Vemoid, that's all allowed. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion, Omer, ain't mechab shenas harichayim betchila, but you're not allowed to be mechabesh, the millstone mechadchila, we don't even know what that means. So for that, we need the Gemara. What does the Gemara say? My mechabshen. When Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah says that you're not allowed to be mechabesh, the millstone, what does it mean? So Rabbi Yehuda Amar menaker rechaya. It means that you're going to cut grooves in it on the side. It helped for the grinding. They would cut grooves if there was like a larger bowl and the grind would be on the inside. So they'd make grooves so that the grinds, that the grains could grind a little bit better. Rabbi Yehiel Omer, no, bas ena, it was actually a, a bas ena, an eye, an eye or an opening at the top where you could pour grain into. Says the Gemara, one of these shitas does not make sense. What shita is that? Let's see, meisveh, 15 lines from the bottom. Amid and Taner Vikirayim B'moed, one is allowed to make an oven and a stove on a eliezer. You can make it, but you can't actually like really finalize the product. That's not allowed. You could even finish it. It's not a problem at all. You are good to go. Says the Gemara, continuing in the Bryce, of Yehuda Omer Mishmo, Ma'amidin, he says in the name of Rabbi Eliezer, Ma'amidin is ha'chadosha, u'mechabshen es that you are allowed to set up the Chadasha, and it uses our word again of Mechabshin and Sayyishana. Now, we had said two options for Mechabshin. I understand if you want to say that Mechabshin is making grooves. Yeah, over time, they uh, begin, it's made out of stones. So over time, the grooves that you make to help the, grind, the grains grind, it wears down after time. So that's why a very old millstone will need to have new grooves that are going to be etched into the stone. According to the one who says that Mechabshin in our Mishnah means to make a hole to pour the grain, and that doesn't make sense, because how can it be that you have a very old millstone that never had something to pour the grains into from the start? That doesn't make sense. You're missing a critical part of the construction. Um, says the Gemara, Yishana Basena Lamala. Why would that ever be the case? The answer is the Gemara, no. There is a case where Yeshana would need to have a, a, a hole placed in the top of it to add grains. Not to put one there in the first place, but as the Gemara says on the last short line, five lines from the bottom, you made it, uh, the diameter of the initial hole to pour the grains in an inch. And now you're, you have a bigger business. You, know, you don't want to put in so slowly. You want it to be three inches. So you take something and you scrape out the edges until it goes from one inch to three inches. That can happen with the Yishana. So in other words, both of the options in the Gemara 
have been substantiated. Rav Huna, story time. Rav Huna, Shami Lehu Gavra, the Kamenake Rechai Bechula de Moada. Rav Huna heard, he heard the scraping sound of someone scratching, etching out some of the stone in order to make the grooves in the in the, uh, in the Rechai, in the millstone. And it was Bechula de Moada, and it was on Cholamoid. He was very upset about this. And he said, Omar, mine high. What is going on here? Who could do such a thing? Ischel Gufe de Kamechel Chola de Moada. The person's body who's doing this should become profaned. It should become, uh, it's a, a, a bit, very difficult word to, uh, to translate, literally. Rashi translated as Yishchad el Gufo, his body should be, should have a hole in it, literally speaking, uh, because the Kamachel Chola de he's violating Halacha. So that clearly shows you which opinion he was of the opinion, which is that that we are not allowed to do any of this at all. You're not allowed to do any etching whatsoever. According to others, however, of course, you are allowed to be menaker, you are allowed to do this etching. You're allowed to scrape the, uh, the hoof of an animal uh, if it's having some type of discomfort. Uh, that is no problem at all. That's what Rashi says on the bottom. Rashi says, If in fact you have this problem, then you're 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 allowed to you're allowed to fix it because it could lead to an animal that's going to be uncomfortable. If they don't have their normal routine maintenance, then that can be a problem. Maybe one can be medaic from here that if it's time to take an oil change, it happens to fall out now and you didn't think about it before. I don't know. We have to ask modern postcam how that works out. But for your mode of transportation, you're allowed to take care of their needs as well to make sure that they're still functioning. Let's continue on the top of Yudim and Beis. We're going to learn a smattering of halachos that relate to uh, the world of Cholamoid. Aval, continuing on the same thing, they used to have a chamor that was tethered to the rechaya. They would pull the millstone so all the grinding would be done uh, automatically, as it were, by the donkey. So that animal, you're not allowed to take care of its, uh, take care of its hoof. Rashi, why not? Shekach osin. That's how they used to run the mills. So there, there you're not allowed to cut his nails, the loam, or I should say his hooves or whatever the anatomy is called. That should be a rarity that you are doing any tochen during the moed. Typically, we do that beforehand. It's just a small amount of grinding. And even if you were to need it during Cholamoid, which you probably won't find, so he's going to take 15, 20 steps. He's not, that's not a, a long distance. And therefore, you can't cut his nails. Back in the Gemara, he disagrees. He says, you are allowed to cut the nails or the, or the hoof of an animal that is pulling uh, the millstone. Uh, all the building aspects of making a rechaim, all of those things he allows on Chol HaMoyim. Rav Ashar Lesruke Susya, he allows the brushing of the mane of an animal, of a, of a horse, uh, that's totally fine. With a Mivne Akrapita, or Mivne Itztiba, to make a barn and to make a bench, all of those are fine on Chol HaMoyim. Rav Ashar Lemishkal Dama Lebehema Dechola Demoada, he says it's permissible for one to um, to do hakazas dam to do bloodletting on animals. that supports this idea of allowing hakazas dam for animals on cholamoid. Not only hakazas dam, but anything that they're going to need for for refuah, they are allowed to be taken care of. 
Rava Sharle Kiskuse Kirme, one is allowed to do like ironing or pressing of some kind of garments during Cholamoid, my time, why is that? My Sehedio too, I don't think this plays out in the post with ironing our shirts. I think we're pretty mocked about it. Ask your local Orthodox rabbi. Amar of Yisrak Barami, Amar of Chizaki, Ture Bire, adding sleeves onto a garment, Asir, that's not allowed. My time, my Seumanu. There are sometimes in the custom suits world, they take your uh, suits and they rotate the cuff to sit just the way your body said. That's a mysuma. Not, that's not a normal thing. So to add a sleeve is very complicated and therefore we're not allowed to do it in Cholamoy. If somebody wants to, to, to remove uh, all of the things that are in, on their ground, they're allowed to uh, under certain circumstances. If you want to just to make a clean area so you can... Uh, do things on Cholamoy, that's fine. Shari, I die to the Ara. If you're trying to really just improve the grass, improve the yard, that's not allowed. That's Asir. How do we distinguish? Well, it's pretty simple. If Mulya, Bimulya, if you're making uh, piles of things, Venatsa, Venatsa, you're digging and making mounds, you're digging and making holes. So then uh, that's obviously not for the sake of taking care of the ground. That's clearly a die to the Beidari. You're doing something with a specific purpose in mind that isn't improving your yard because this certainly isn't improving your yard. If in every hole you then take a scoop of dirt and put it in there, that sounds like you're working on the ground and therefore a die to Da'ara and that's not allowed. Similar structure of Gemara. A person who wants to remove branches, he wants to clean branches from the ground, from their yard. Let's see how that plays out. If you're doing it because you need the firewood, no problem. Shari. A die to the Arab, but if it's to benefit the ground, you're not allowed. Hey, how do we distinguish what a person's motivations are? So it says the Gemara, if you pick up the big branches and you leave the little twigs, it's very clear clear that it's a die to the TV. There you clearly want the firewood. If you're picking up all of the firewood, that was not normal. People who wanted firewood wouldn't take the little twigs. They knew it only lasted a few seconds. And therefore, if you picked up even the little twigs, it was obvious that, that was a die to the Ara. We're halfway down in Yudamid Bays, let's continue. If a person wants to let a little bit of water into their yard, they must have had some type of dam that was accessible to the body of water. Let's say there was some type of uh, river running behind them. And if you lift up a door trap, so some of the water could come into your yard. So it says the Gemara, it depends. If you're doing it to capture fish, as fish in the pond, sure, no problem. Sorry, I died to da'ar. If you're doing it to water your ground, water the grass, that's not allowed. Asir, hey, how do we know? So it used to be that there was a two stage uh, operation of this door, it would open a little bit and then it would open a lot. Pasach if you open both the upper and lower parts of the gates, so then clearly that was for the fish. But if you only opened one of the gates, so then says the Gemara, that would imply that you're only doing it for uh, the sake of watering your grass, and that's not allowed. There's a person who's trimming the trees of a palm tree. If it's a daita de chivsa, if he had an actual purpose of using that for himself, he's using it for some purpose for yantiv, that's shari, that's permissible, no problem at all. However, if it's a daita de dikla, if it was going to be for the sake of pruning the tree, that's not allowed. How do we know? If you did it only from one side, then we knew it was for the purposes that you had initially intended, and no problem at all. But if you're trimming evenly from the trees, that seems to imply that it's a daita de dikla. That's not allowed. Another din. 
if you have some unripe dates. So if migzarinu, uh, you're cutting them with a knife, shari, that's totally fine. If who you're just putting it in your mouth and biting it, then asher, that's not allowed. Since they can become wormy, uh, so therefore, it's like losing the opportunities for business or you're losing your merchandise and therefore vishari. The Amar Rabba, Rabba teaches us a general rule, prakmacha kolshu asar. In general, we don't allow for that at all. However, Amar of Yosi Mutter, this is the qualification that we have in Shulchan Aruch. That when we have a scenario that's a Dabar Ha'avid and Cholamoid, we are absolutely allowed to do that. And we're going to just learn one story here and then we're going to stop. Uh, last story for the day. Ravina Havaleha, who iska do Mizdaban Bushisa Alpha. He had a deal that was going to get 6,000 rubles, 6,000 Zuzim in one transaction. Pretty profitable. However, he didn't want to do that. He wanted to avoid it, seemingly a Chumrah, because Allah Chalamai said, you should be allowed to do such a thing. And Shahiya, he waited. Lizvune Basar Chula de Moada. And he wanted to wait. And he uh, was paid back many fold or twofold. Says the Gemara of Izavne Betresar Alpha. When the time finally came to sell, he managed to sell it for double for 12,000. So he was very mockbit on treating Cholamoy with the appropriate respect. We're going to stop right here. Mir Tashem will pick up tomorrow. I'm not exactly sure when yet. I'll let you know. Wishing you all a beautiful night at Gittavach and uh, looking forward to seeing you all back in person shortly. Have a wonderful night.